You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 274 of the Comic Book Informer Podcast coming to you on August 2nd. How are we doing this week, Raj? Apparently, I have more energy than you, which does not happen often. If that's not like one of the seven signs of the apocalypse. <laughs> you may occasionally hear some running and screaming in the background. My granddaughter's here with my daughter. So there, there might be some noise. In fact, there quite likely will be some noise. <laughs> Does she want to come on and discuss her favorite comics? No, I, I tried to explain what we were doing, but I mean, just two and a half. So <laughs> where are you going, Grandpa? I have to go talk to someone on a computer. Well, last week we took a look back at our history of comics and with our continuing wrap up here at CBI, figured we would look at you know the lost episodes of Comic Book Informer or what CBI would be in an alternate universe. And... <laughs> Just explore some of the comics that maybe we wanted to talk about or figured we would get to at one point or another and just, well, never did. And I'll actually start us off kind of uh, jumping off of what I discussed last week. And that's the fact that, well, through my great restraint, this didn't turn into an X-Men podcast. <laughs> because like that was my go-to for every week where I was like, wasn't entirely sure. It's like, oh, we'll just do some old X-Men stuff <laughs> that it we very easily could have just read every issue of X-Men from like 1976 on <laughs> at some point. And I, it would have been fun because I love those comics. I know you enjoy them as well, but it's just because I knew that was a very precarious step to take because you know, once, once you, uh, once you crack through that barrier, it's a lot easier to keep going back. So that's why, like, we discussed a few of the older stuff, but it was always when it was relevant, either to, like, a movie coming out or in reference to a modern-day storyline. But, yeah, not, we didn't we didn't not talk about some of those because we didn't want to, but for me, at least, for the exact opposite reason, because we would, after 274 episodes, you know, 100 of them might have ended up being classic X-Men. And that's valid. I mean, looking back at stories that that happened back then and comparing them to some of what's going on now, we we often went back to that time and, and covered comics and, and would talk about whether or not it held up. But you can't just look at something in terms of does it still hold up now? You have to appreciate it for what it was in that time. And and that means appreciating the mistakes that are made as well as the the incredible storytelling that were in some of those issues. And I think that, again, when compared to a lot of the stupidity that we're seeing in some of the story arcs now, different things that have been happening with the big events, that covering something, you know, like the Dark Phoenix saga or something like that makes sense. It is a good storyline and, and it was impactful at the time. Same thing as the, you know, Days of Future Past, which we did do and I'm glad we did do. But it's one of those where the the stories are still significantly better in many cases than what we're getting now and still worth reading. 
Yeah, and we obviously had our points where we went back. We weren't just always focused on what was new. Like, uh, was that there was that whole month where we did what's it called? Um, the Spider Man, where we went back and read some of the old Spider Man stuff throughout the ages. And uh, <laughs> that was actually my original plan with the Black Panther was to go through a couple of those storylines until we read the first one. <laughs> so, uh, what's something you uh, never got to see for me? And I'll save the, the some of the, the other ridiculous ones for later. But yeah, of course. <laughs> for me, because there are so. <laughs> uh, what I planned kind of ties in with what you're, you're talking about. And this is something where, again, people who've listened to the show for a, a long period probably have come to expect from me because of how often I brought up old series for us to read or e- events or things like that. And... Had we ever been truly strapped for content, and this, again, is one of those things we've talked about off-air kind of thing, like <laughs> had I known just how difficult it was for you to to find things or to find the interest in finding things, then I would certainly have stepped in kind of thing to make certain suggestions because I did have kind of a plan if we had reached that point and if I had known that we reached that point. <laughs> but all that just to say – what I had wanted to do was, and the reason why I held it back too, was because of the scope of it. I actually wanted to spend as much as a couple of months, literally, and every week, essentially tackling a decade or part mm. of a decade and talking about what happened during that time, which was impactful. And that may mean an event. It may mean a miniseries. It may mean just a story arc. It may mean literally one issue of something that came out that was impactful to us, whether at that time or in rereading it. And it would have... Yeah, I don't have that many fond memories of the 70s. Well, I do. There were some things there that were fun to (laughs) read. That's great. I wasn't around. Yes. Well, yeah, but you can go back and read it. That's what I mean. Hell, I wasn't around in the 60s. I would still go back and read some of those. But you weren't? Shut up. So <laughs> the uh, it would have been fun to go back and starting from the beginning and not just Marvel. And this is what also made it difficult, but mm-hmm. also tackle some DC and some of the other imprints and look at what was truly impactful in those, again, group it in decades or whatever was appropriate and just work our way through the history of comics, essentially, in terms of big stuff as well as impactful issues, single issues or whatever. And it was something that I actually, the more I thought about it, the more I kind of prepped for it. And the more I thought, okay, let's, let's look at how we would split things up and what we could be, what storylines would be fun to, to go through and things like that, because there are so many of them. And, and again, going back to the idea of picking individual issues, even that, that would be fun. So, the reason I had held off on that again was point blank scope. And also because we, for quite a while there, weren't even doing DC things, but had it gotten to a point where you had kind of said, okay, we need to figure out a new format or something, or maybe you take the helm for a little while. That was my plan. And it was like, okay, then <laughs> we'll get ready, strap in. Cause we'll, you got some reading to do. We're going to have some <laughs> fun here. And, and we, we'd be looking at at least a couple of months of, this period of time where we're covering the history of comics. And I think it would have been 
I think it would have been nice. It would have been a nice, um, not a feather in the cap, but something that we could look back at our our run and say, you know what? Those couple of months where we did the history of comics kind of thing, I'm really proud of that. It was a lot of work, but I'm proud of the work that we did. And with any luck, we may have gotten existing readers to go back and look at some old comics, or maybe we brought in people who are saying like, Listen to this comic book podcast. Listen to this episode in particular. You should check out these comments that they're talking about. And and I like that. I like that idea of not influencing people so much as suggesting things that they may not have thought of. Because, again, if you're introducing someone new to comics, often you're not saying, okay, go back through some old issues or whatever and find these to read. You're talking about what's going on now. And I think that it's important to know where some of these characters came from and some of the impactful decisions that were made along the way. It's all well and good to appreciate um, Spider-Gwen right now. And and most people obviously will know, oh, yeah, but in our canon, she passed away. Yeah, but did you read those? Did you actually read <laughs> those issues? Because they're available. You can go and get them and you can actually read them. And all of a sudden now the appearance of her in other storylines is going to be more impactful for you because you're going to have that history that you can remember it. And the same goes for the Fantastic Four as well and the X-Men and things like that. So, I mean, I'm still disappointed that we did not, and and you said the X-Men, well, the X-Men were insanely important for a great many years. They still are, obviously. So there are storylines going back before the introduction of the, the, the new team with Wolverine and Storm and all that, but the, the early stuff. And then also that switch, like I, I'm, I'm literally trying to remember, and because we've had like 270 some odd episodes, I don't remember if we ever covered that pivotal issue where the new crew came in. I don't in. think we did. And to me, that's, that's like criminal <laughs> <laughs> like for a comics podcast to run this long and not discuss one of the most important issues in comics ever, I think is is criminal. Like I again, I don't know if we did or not. We may have, and it's just it's like you should just me. fire me, Roger, because that's but, <laughs> inexcusable. But if if we did not, and actually next time you're talking, I'm going to pull it up and do a search and see if I can. find I'm it. almost positive we didn't. But if if both of us having that history with X titles and that affinity for them <laughs> never did that, then yeah, we it's a good thing we're ending because we don't deserve this. <laughs> it, it's like, it reminds me, it was either before we started this podcast or when we were on that hiatus after we closed down the first site. I had done on my website a series of articles of 100 comics to read before you die. And it was a lot like that. It was just a journey through the history of comics starting at uh, Fantastic Four back in the 60s all the way through to like 2008 or nine or whatever. And just coming up with that list was exhausting. (laughs) Oh, well, again, it's because there are so many spectacular comics that and that we did not cover either and there are a lot of them and a lot of them i have read whether it was back then or i've reread them now and we just didn't cover it a lot of the stuff that we we covered and and this is a 
pro and a con, in my opinion. And it's just one of those things that as you work on a comics podcast, you discover that, I mean, you're going to be talking a lot about current content because that's what a lot of people want to hear. And certainly we peppered in a lot of older stuff and I tried to do that even more. But again, people want to talk about what is happening right now. Case in point, Marty was just talking to me on Twitter about how impressed he is with old man Logan right now. We've been talking about it at length about how much that series means. Now that happens to be one because it's Wolverine. Of course, we have covered a lot of the older story arcs and whatnot, but there was still a wealth of stuff that we could have discussed, but all that just to say, we've been discussing old man Logan, the new stuff as soon as the issues come out, because that's what people want to hear. That's what people are interested in right now. So it's, again, it's a, it's a pro and a con. You, it's a double-edged sword. You, you want to discuss more of the, the history of comics as well, but then there's only so much time for us to record unless we were recording more than once a week. And you have to factor in what is important in that time. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and I also know that sometimes when we've done those looks back. It's, uh, you know, taking off those rose colored glasses and, you know, especially comparing to some of the stuff that's coming out now. Like yeah, a lot of it hasn't quite held up. Like we're, I know the two of us were able to look at it. You know, what did the story mean back then as compared to, you know, how it reads currently? But I, it's at least especially the next uh, list one I have on my list here is Walter Simonson's Thor from uh, his run during the 80s because I love those comics. They're some of my favorite of all time. I still love them. I still have my giant tome that I uh, I actually read a couple of them not that long ago. <laughs> and they're goofy because they're, they're very 80s and over the top because of the subject matter, but I still adore them. But I did not want to put them in front of the firing squad for this podcast. <laughs> And, and, no matter and, and, how great it is, when the executioner stands alone at Gallerbrew, I know you would have made fun of it. Rightly so. <laughs> Come on. No, I didn't read a lot of uh, of Thor back in the day, even, and I certainly don't read a lot of it now. So, yeah, I probably would have had fun with some of that old stuff. But again, it's one of those things. Going right back to what I was saying, we're in. We we have tried to put it in perspective for what it was at that time as well, because you have to, you certainly can still criticize it and, and point out that it is, it has got issues or the blatant misogyny or racism that you got, especially back then or different things like that. Yeah. It's important to to talk about that, but from a, a historical, historical perspective of looking at it, you have to appreciate some of what's in there. It's, it's, very much like when we tried to discuss Song of the South for Popcorn Ronin, our, our movie podcast. It's it's a very delicate conversation because, of course, there are so many things that are horrific with the film. But then in the same breath, you have to say, but the animation blend was groundbreaking. But there were these other little things. Not many, but there were. So it's one of those things where the same thing with comics where you can still put it in that historical perspective to be able to discuss it appropriately. And I feel that there were still a lot of things that we did not get to do that with. Mm -hmm. And and it's always interesting, like looking back, like as we've been going through, we're like, yeah, we're doing a pretty good job. You know, we're covering a lot of stuff, you know, modern and old. But then now that 
we realize we're not going to record this for a million episodes and we're looking back at all the stuff we didn't do. It's it's kind of staggering <laughs> because, I mean, comics history is huge and even so much stuff that comes out today that we don't cover because they're continuing to publish either good stuff or stuff worth talking about. Sometimes they're the same thing. Sometimes yes. they're not. <laughs> yeah. Current Captain America. <laughs> Just like that. We feel the need to have to talk about it, but by God, it's horrible. Oh, going over to the DC side, though, there's one thing that when I looked back, kind of like how you were about how, oh, man, we never discussed giant size X-Men number one. That's you know kind of like the big thing from Marvel hanging over our heads. Uh, look at DC. We never did Crisis on Infinite Earths, oh. which is like the DC comic, really. Don't even get me started on what we've missed for DC because it, it does bother me. And like, and, and, and take that for, for the grain of salt, but it, it does bother me because there are a lot, lot, lot of storylines that we did not cover. I mean, we're, while we're not huge Superman fans, there still would have been some storylines that would have been good to do there. But there's a reason why Batman is as popular as he is. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why so many people have an affinity for a lot of these story arcs that have been in a variety of different bad titles over the years. And I feel that whether it was because at a time we were like, okay, well, we're on hold with DC because of their stupidity and don't feel the need to promote it or because we were covering other stupidity or other stuff that was going on that was justifiably good with DC that was happening at the time. So we didn't we were covering that more. So there were a lot of older Batman stories that man, we should have covered that, that again, going back to the idea of it's criminal that we didn't touch on this because we should have, and we didn't hush for Christ's sakes. And there's more, there's a ton more. I don't know. I read, I reread hush not that long ago and it didn't hold up for me. Like that was one of the ones that I was considering at some point. And like, I tested it before I, I put it into the show notes and uh, I don't know. I I didn't have the same feeling about it that I did the first time I read it. Like but I couldn't that, even finish the reread. That doesn't change what it was in the time. I know. I know. So that's just, what I'm saying. And I, a, I didn't. I didn't want to cover it. Like it was like, oh, okay, this is interesting until I reread it. And oh, and I wanted anymore. to cover a lot of the. <laughs> you suggested. <laughs> listen. Listen. <laughs> yeah. If you right. Had put hush in the show notes. We'd be having a very different conversation right now. But that's what I'm saying. And so there were a variety of bad titles that. The, or story arcs or, or whatever. And and I'm just using that one as an example that that would have been really nice to cover. Um, likewise, with a whole bunch of other, uh, be it Justice League, uh, various Flash titles, there were a lot of different story arcs going back that would have been spectacularly fun to cover. And And again, they might not hold up, but sometimes that's part of the fun. Mm-hmm. Of bitching and ranting about how bad something is and that it doesn't hold up. But you know what? It gives for an interesting episode. Like, I, I know at least for me, like, I didn't read anything that was published by DC prior to, say, 2006, maybe. And it's just... I. It had no interest to me. You know, I was the X-Men kid. I couldn't afford that many comics, so I stuck with what I knew. didn't get outside of my lane that often. So it wasn't until I was doing, you know, the bookstore thing that I 
eventually started checking out some DC stuff. So at least for me, like there's just so much I wouldn't know. Like I, I've heard of a lot of comics, but like, it, it's it's not like I have a memory of, oh, this this is something we should reread someday because I just personally don't have that DC knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things, too, that it's not hard to research it and find out in that time. What yeah, but it's, and, it, but it's like when you're just sitting around like thinking, you know, okay, what are we going to talk about this week? You're going to go to what you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I mean as well. And that's where I'm saying that it it would have been nice. It, it, it's hard to explain. It's like you said. It's mm-hmm. if you know there's an end point, then all of a sudden you're trying to make sure that each episode is impactful. Because we didn't have that. We just flew by the seat of our pants often in terms of what we're planning. Or, I mean, you're, you're planning a few weeks in advance at most kind of thing, but not something of epic proportions. Whereas, again, if you're thinking, okay, well, we've got, let's say, 300 episodes, you're making sure that in that that time, you're really covering a lot of important stuff. But, I mean, it's, again, that double-edged blade where you don't you don't know that going in. So but to I, me, that would I, be something that I would give as advice, say, for for anybody else who's doing or starting up comics podcasts. We happen to know some of those folks. Not that anybody would take our our, our opinion on this, but going on, you could I, get nine whole listeners. Oh yeah, really? That's 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 gonna hang over. I need a plaque with that. I swear to God, an award, <laughs> and I will proudly display it somewhere. But uh, but no, for for anybody who is doing it for. As a piece of advice from the both of us who are now at six years with this, I would say try to plan far enough in advance that you are quite literally encapsulating a lot of things that are important to you or that you feel were important to comics. And make sure to plug that in at different points. Certainly keep up with what's going on now, but really try to look at your work as a finite project, not an infinite project, because that makes a big difference in how you're going to then proceed forwards. As an example, if somebody just hit, say, episode 50, they might want to plan the next 10, the next 15, and and not just be, again, flying by the seat of your pants and, and things like that for just a week or two in advance. And that way you are making sure that at least if you make it that far, hey, we've covered stuff that was important that we really wanted to tackle. And, and I think that's very important. I agree to a point, but I also really enjoy that for the most part, like there were a few weeks where it was literally picking something out of a pile. But over the course of 274 episodes, I feel confident that 260 of them, if not more... <laughs> No, no, hear me out, hear me out. I'm getting ahead of you, sorry. (laughs) Were things that we wanted to talk about at the time. It's not like, you know, we we went, okay, you know, it's time to go get something from the archives because it's time to talk about something important. I liked that we very much, for the most part, lived in the moment of this is something new that we want to talk about. This is something old related to something new that we want to talk about or just sometimes – hey, I remembered this cool comic and I'm interested in reading it again. So I I personally kind of like that we were also very in the moment with how we approached our show. Yeah, for sure. To rephrase what I said, if I were to start up a new podcast, a comics podcast, which is no indication that I'm planning that, I'm just saying if I was now knowing, having this breadth of experience now, I would change the format. 
and I would make sure that the format included a segment for what is new right now that mm-hmm. we want to discuss. And that would essentially comprise our what we've been reading segment as well. I would just group it all together. What is it that's happening now that we want to discuss? If there is a news segment as well to talk about stupidity or something that's been announced or whatever, but then also an archives segment where someone can discuss something from the archives going back and talk about that as well. So that essentially each episode still had some going back to the archives of important or stupid or ridiculous or fun things that other listeners, other readers may not know about. And so that's how I would get that compromise of still being able to fly by the seat of your pants while still having that segment that is the root of what comics are. And that's just something that comes with hindsight. Like oh, exactly. When, you do, when yeah. you do anything for a period of time, you learn what works and you learn what doesn't. And you either you know, have to start something new or reboot your current project to kind of yep. get it to where you want it to be. Like, you know, we just kind of settled into our formula here and, you know, that worked for us to a point, but now we can also both see, you know, now that we're looking back at it as a complete work almost, you know, we could see what worked and what didn't and what we would or wouldn't do next time around. Yeah, I agree. It's like, you know, it's like writing a book, you know, your second book isn't going to be the same as your first book or anything, you know, videos, uh, you name it. I, because of how many different podcasts I've done over the years, be it for different games or for different projects or different things, um, which isn't an astronomical amount, but it's still, it's it's more than just the three that we're More than most. I can appreciate a project that is finite. And and that also comes from projects that I've stopped doing, obviously, and then looking back and thinking about how I would do it differently. And and part of that is um, not just that breadth of experience, but also how I'm looking at this entertainment more in terms of comparing it, say, to a Netflix series or some other series, a BBC series, that is only X amount of episodes, and that's it for that season. Mm -hmm. And I think that what happens is that we get far too attached to different projects, and then when it ends, you're like, well, damn it. Like, I I was hoping this would go on forever. And I think that's wrong. For me, I think that's wrong. I think that you will get a lot more enjoyment out of these projects if you're thinking, this is going to run for... 50 episodes. This is going to run for X amount of episodes. And then once that's done, hey, let's start something different. Let's have fun with something else. We don't have to do the same thing forever. And like with you and I, obviously we work on a couple of other podcasts right now. So it's not like that friendship has ended and we're not doing projects. It's just instead of just talking about comics, now we're going to be talking more about the games and the movies and anime and different things like that. And I like that idea of these finite projects now. If I were, again, to be working on something else, I kind of do have something else that I've been working on for quite a while now that now that I'm going to have a little bit more time, I'm really going to be devoting more time to that and hopefully be able to get that live soon enough. But all that just to say, I've really changed the manner in which I look at these things now because of how people digest media, because of how media is presented and how storytellers now have a lot more freedom 
in terms of how they want to present their stories. Case in point, we've been talking about Stranger Things, and we're going to be discussing that on Popcorn Ronin in a while. And I read that interview that you had linked me as well with the directors who were talking about how they presented it for eight episodes with Netflix because they didn't need more than that. More than that would have been detrimental to the story. So they had an idea that this was an essentially eight-hour-long movie, and that's what they did. And I dig that. I love that idea of coming up with a, a podcast idea that is going to be limited to X amount of episodes. Then you're done. Move on. Take on something else and have fun with it. Because the idea that a project has to last hundreds and hundreds of episodes doesn't make it better. And that history Mm -hmm. of the podcast having lasted that long doesn't make it better either. It certainly will make you far more comfortable with each other. But if you already have that, you can apply that to other projects as well. So uh, that's something that you learn over the years working on it that, that I think is valuable and will really help with both of us moving forward. And also like with anything that goes on for as long as this show did, like you just have a momentum. Like that's also one of the things I heavily considered when I was deciding, you know, okay, do I want to, you know, call it quits on this is how did you end something that's gone for at the time, almost 275 episodes. Like it, it feels like, you know, I, I can't even describe like, if something's been going for a year or two, it's a lot easier than if it's been going for six. And it's like, I mean, I'll just have a a personal moment here. It's like when you're in a long-term relationship that you realize doesn't work anymore, but you still keep going through it because it's what you do. It's what you know. Like, how can you set aside all that history to move on to do something different. So and I can definitely see the appeal in what you're saying of, you know, going in knowing that you're going to have a certain time span that makes it much easier for everyone involved. Yeah. And part of it too is that it's not just momentum so much as habit as well. Yeah, because, exactly. Because, I mean, it, it doesn't take long for something to become habit for people. And it's we, like, well, what am I going to do on Tuesday afternoons? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We are creatures of habit. People know this. And so when you've done something for six bloody years, then you better believe it's more than just a habit. And so, yeah, it's it's very easy to continue, even if it is not necessarily something that you are enjoying quite as much, just because that's how it's been for so long. Mm-hmm. Well, that was an interesting digression. <laughs> okay, it was my turn anyways. We didn't cover Gru and Ambush Bug. And that will I haunt me. I seem to remember you realizing at some point that was a bad idea. No, I realized the comics were bad. That doesn't mean we shouldn't have <laughs> talked about them. That's the difference. <laughs> Going back to historical perspective, sometimes that historical perspective is your own personal history. And... Because I started reading comics very young, I read a lot of bad comics and I love them (laughs) because that's what you do when you're young. And Mm -hmm. I remember reading Gru and Ambush Bug when they came out when I was young and loving them, loving them. Yes, I've gone back and read. I haven't gone back and read Ambush Bug. I will say that. 
but I laugh every time I see him appear in the back of different DC stuff every once in a while. They were doing that reporting thing. Uh-huh. And it was like, oh, I wish Buck, I miss you so much. And I know if I read it today, I would groan, roll my eyes and say, I can't believe I love this. But then I'd remember I was a kid and of course I enjoyed it. And I would want my kids when they were young to read stupid stuff like that. That is just about stimulating your imagination and just Mm -hmm. having wild fun with it. It's an LSD trip for kids (laughs) that doesn't involve drugs. Just look at this crazy bug. And I would love for more younger readers to have a lot more of that kind of thing. And, and Gru was one, especially that, man, I read Gru for a long time. I had all of them. And I remember my old man reading a couple of the issues and he'd chuckle every once in a while, but then he'd be like, I don't, I don't see what, I don't get this. I don't, (laughs) but that's what parents are supposed to do when they read their children's stuff that they like, not get it, not understand because it's a generational thing as well. And also a maturity thing and you name it. But those silly comics of my youth is what I really wish that we had also covered, even though it was bad, just to have some fun with it. That would have been my Thor or Deadpool moment with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have expected it. (laughs) Hell, I would have just been right there with you (laughs) to mock it, mercilessly mock me for even liking it. But again, I keep going back to while I would mock myself and say, I can't believe you love this. I would also be like, I'm glad you did like it. I'm glad I enjoyed it. I'm glad that I, I had fun with it. <laughs> then you can also imagine me going showing up. Like, man, these are great. Yeah, really. <laughs> as unlikely as that is, man, that would have been the topper on this podcast. <laughs> but I can look at, especially Gru, and say, you know what? For all of its stupidity and ridiculousness, it is what kind of started me on a path of enjoying samurai stories as well more serious samurai stories it led you know in a very crooked roundabout way to then my appreciation later of lone wolf and cub Mm -hmm. of this wandering samurai and so it fostered an appreciation of an idea and a culture while not even necessarily trying but it did that for me in this goofy way that is the the gateway to a far more serious genre. And 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 I can I can view that line very clearly uh from that to this and now this fascination that I have as well with those types of stories. And it started because as a kid, if you had given me something serious like that, well, I wouldn't have appreciated it, understood it, or not necessarily even liked it. But wrap it up in this goofy grew. And all of a sudden, it's fun to read. And here's this ridiculous character with samurai swords and a headband and, and getting into trouble left, right, and center. And again, it's it was that gateway into these other stories that have meant so much to me over the years. Mm-hmm. And you just reminded me of something I didn't have on my list, but now I, I recognize you know, we kind of overlooked. And that's Usagi Yojimbo. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've done Stan Sakai's work previously when we discussed 47 Ronin and the guy is a legend for a reason. Usagi Yojimbo is a famous character going back decades. But every time I tried to read one of the comics, I just couldn't get into it. There's a lot. See, that's another one that I had considered as well. And it's not like, Oh, it doesn't hold up or, you know, it's just, 
I never finished an issue. <laughs> I feel that we didn't do enough manga, period. I think that we tried for some, and part of it is a cultural thing, certainly. Part of it is how we like stories to be told, certainly. But I think that, once again, had we known there was a, f- a finite amount, I certainly would have been saying, okay, we need at least five episodes or we need at least X episodes where we are covering manga. And, yeah, it should have been something we scheduled. Yeah, and then whether you like it or not, suck it up. Read through it so that you can give a constructive criticism of the work based on a Western audience. And I think that that would have been important to do more of that, certainly. Mm-hmm. So a couple that I have here that we didn't cover, not because of their quality, not because of any reason, just that it would have been very difficult to actually do these within our format. And that's Avengers Forever and Earth X, two miniseries Marvel put out uh, during the late 90s, just because they are immensely continuity heavy. Uh, Avengers Forever is a miniseries by Kurt Busiek that he wrote in the late 90s, where he was given 12 issues to make sense out of the Avengers timeline. And by God, he did it. (laughs) (laughs) But if you don't know the previous 50 years of Avengers history, it's a tough read. And I can imagine, you know, either you tapping out at some point because it makes no sense or us spending an hour and a half talking about it because there's just so much to digest. Same thing with Earth X. Uh, That was an Alex Ross miniseries. I think it came out in the early 2000s where it was an alternate future of the Marvel Universe, like 20, 30 years in the future, which, I mean, of course, it's Alex Ross, so it's freaking gorgeous. But again, you need the knowledge of the Marvel Universe leading up to that point to appreciate a lot of those storylines. So it's just it's something there. There are two comics that I always wanted to cover. But every time I considered, I was like, we just we just don't have the time to give these comics what they deserve. But I, they're both things I would suggest to anybody to read. But uh, and then Earth X had a couple sequels that weren't quite as good, but in their time, especially uh they were phenomenal and fun reads, but it's just something that I felt we never could do here. Yeah. Do you have anything else you wanted to bring up? I think I've covered enough. I do. I The only last thing that I would say would be, again, and that's – it's because of not covering a lot of – well, any DC stuff for a while <laughs> is, is just that, is – covering DC TV and movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think people realize, like I, I like a lot of DC stuff a lot more than you do. And I have that history with the characters as well that you may not necessarily have of having read them when I was a kid, as well as when I started reading again, I, I really like the characters. I identify is the wrong term, but, but I can identify with various aspects or appreciate who they are. So it's not as hard to believe certain, certain things. And in the the hands of the right creative team, there's been some spectacular storylines that I've really enjoyed. And it, again, a DC story is just fundamentally different than a Marvel story. The the creative teams are different. Their, their goals are different with what they're doing. And you just kind of feel it when you're reading it. And, and I really wish that things were different 
with the manner in which DC manages their staff or handles different social issues. And, and part of it also is that while I appreciate that I am the type of person who does make that hard stand kind of thing. And, and I, I think it's important for people to do that. I do mm-hmm. think because you're not going to get change unless you have enough people. But sometimes you do have to be a little bit flexible and you do have to say, okay, well, I'm not going to for a little while or, or I'll, I'll limit what I'm talking about or things like that. Or we'll still address the bad but also address the good. And I think that there's power in that as well. I think that you can continue to say, listen, this is bad. I don't agree with this. I don't agree with this. But – Hey, look at what they're doing here. This is actually good, and we need to encourage more of that. And the flat out, I'm not doing anything because I don't want to support them at the moment, I think then shortchanges those things that are good and positive that you should shine a giant spotlight on so that they can appreciate, oh, look, this is getting a lot of good press. We should do more like it. So that's not me saying necessarily... I, I, I over the years by doing my 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 breaks from DC kind of thing. We we both had we both our had, reasons yeah. at the time for yeah. doing it. But it's saying that again, looking back now, knowing that it was finite, that I probably would have handled it differently, and I mm-hmm. probably would have done just as I said, not covering a lot of different things, but also shining that light on things that are spectacularly well done because. Even as it happens now, there are things that are being done that are good. So uh, that is the last one that I'll go out with, but it is fairly important to me. All right. Well, I will make the same offer to you as I did last week. Is there any what we're reading that you want to talk about? Um, freaking Old Man Logan is awesome, isn't it? <laughs> did you read the final, the, the last issue? Actually, no. Oh, dude. There was, there was a point this weekend where I, I was very busy for a lot of the weekend and a Sunday afternoon finally rolled around. And I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm good. Do I want to read comics? Or do I want to play video games? The comics weren't going anywhere. So I decided to play video games. I will say, and this is just because we haven't been planning for anything now for several weeks and next week is going to be the same thing. And my reading schedule has dropped substantially. (laughs) Not because there isn't a love still of comic books. Not that... You don't have that deadline. Well, it's not just the deadline so much as that, again, you know this as much as I do, but I don't think people realize just how many comic books we have to read, we feel we have to read, Mm -hmm. to be keeping up with what is happening, as well as be able to speak reasonably intelligently about what is going on or what has happened. And while I have played the full part for 274 episodes, it comes easy to me, let's be honest. But I have. I have still tried my best (laughs) over six years now to educate myself on a number of storylines, a number of character development things that have happened over the years. You name it, I have, because I I don't want to sound like a jackass when I'm talking about things like that. I go back to reading, you know, all of the War of Light, reading all of the Walking Dead that I hadn't read up on to read at the time. It was like 75 issues I read in a matter of a little over a week just so that I would have that history and then be able to say, oh, I know what happened. And now I I get that. So 
yeah, that's we read a lot of comics is what I'm getting to. <laughs> and and so now that that's gone, it's like, hey, I can pick up that book that I've been wanting to read now for a while. Because, again, there's only so much time in the day. And when I feel like I have to read five comics before bed, now I can read a couple of chapters and it's kind of nice. I'm still going to continue reading a lot of comics, but it certainly has dropped down a lot. All that just to say, I'm not stopping old man Logan. <laughs> not <laughs> anytime I'm not soon. I'm not stopping either. I, I'm just greatly reducing my workload. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, this is the first part of a new story arc. It's The Last Ronin and it's part one, The Silent Order. It's uh, issue number nine and it was, as expected, fantastic. Sorrentino did continues to just wow me with the art and uh, the story is great. I mean, it's, it's a lot of setup for what is going to be happening, but it was nice to see him revert to, to his old patch <laughs> alias kind of thing for a moment there. And he go like, Oh, I remember that. That's kind of fun. Especially seeing this character playing patch <laughs> in Mandalore, because like who knows whether or not that old man Logan actually went through that kind of thing. Apparently he did and showing a lot more stuff, early stuff as well with the woman that he was with for uh, Maureen for the longest time there and went <laughs> bad. So this was really, really quite good. Like, I mean, we talked about eight being spectacular, which it was, was really good. This is actually also Really quite good. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, that's one of the comics that I will continue to read regardless of how I feel about the rest of the industry. Yeah, yeah definitely. Also, as my final, because I'm not talking about anything like this next week, final what we're reading then, I will actually say a DC title then. Injustice. Oh. I have continued to read Injustice. I haven't been talking about it because I don't want to promote it, but... I have been reading. Have you actually been reading it? I no, I haven't read yeah, it okay. in a couple months. It continues to be an amazing title. Now, worthy of the final comic that I'm going to discuss ever on the show? <laughs> maybe not. In fact, there's no maybe about it. I should. I probably should have stopped with Old Man Logan. <laughs> I should. In retrospect. <laughs> Oh man, Logan should have been my last one, but it's too late for that now. No, the stuff with Injustice has been really, really quite good. And what I like is that um, while they've talked about consequences over X amount of issues and seasons, we're getting a lot more of consequences based on the character's no longer being able to hide the truth. And, mm -hmm. and by that, I mean the heroes that are following Superman. No longer being able to say, this is still acceptable. This is still the right thing to do. There's there Many of them are asking those questions like, what are we doing? Like when Alfred died, it was very much different people. Like, what the hell are we doing here? What is... This can't be right anymore. And there's been that crisis of conscience with Barry with several different issues now wherein he is at the point where it's like, I, I can't, I don't think I can do this anymore. This isn't right. And Batman's like, you're the only one that can solve this, which I thought was brilliant as well because Barry can go back in time. He actually can stop this. 
And he's like thinking because it's Barry and he understands the importance of time travel and what it can do. But Batman's like, how can it be worse? How can anything be worse than this? And looking at all of their fallen comrades that Bat- uh, that the that uh, Superman himself either killed or had killed or, or things like that. And so one of the reasons that I, I do appreciate it as well is kind of because of what's happening in your politics right now. Where you know, ha- I was thinking about that exact same yeah. analogy and I wondered if it was appropriate. <laughs> it is because you're having people who are saying like, I just can't support this anymore. And, and and I can't deal. It just keeps getting worse and worse, and I can't support this. Literally, over the last two days, mm-hmm. major political advisors for the GOP have said they're voting for Clinton. Now, regardless of what your your politics are, people, there's different things that you got to appreciate. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's gotten to this point, and they're having to deal with that. And change the very fundamental way that they think about it. And that's what we're seeing here. And it's not presented in that way, but the parallel is there and you simply can't ignore it. And it's something that is, I can look at and say, wow, that's, that's really well written. I, and I'm really digging it. And that's it. And we, uh, we know from E3 Injustice 2 is going to be coming out later this year. Yeah. And they've also confirmed Injustice 2 is going to have its own tie-in comic with the return of Tom Taylor as writer. So that's going to be definitely worth reading. Mm-hmm. So oddly enough, the best thing DC has done consistently over the past five years is going to continue to probably be pretty damn good. Yeah, hopefully. I still look back at that Injustice episode <laughs> where we both came in expecting to rip this comic apart for how stupid it was. And it kind of became the symbol for our podcast. <laughs> you know what? It's true. It's true. And it's something we're in, like, it's something that I've thought about often. And and other people have gotten to this realization earlier, especially people who do, who write fan fiction. I mean, it, it's very easy to mock fan fiction until you break down what it is. And it's someone taking existing canon and playing with it in what could be considered an alternate universe type of thing. And while these characters may not do this, Let's just see what happens if they do and then play with it. It might not be good. You know, Cass and Dean from Supernatural are never supposed to make out people. (laughs) All right. But a lot of people have decided that it's acceptable. But all just to say it's playing with that idea of taking existing characters and saying, what if they were to do this instead? And that's always a lot of fun, a ton of fun, as long as you stay true still to those characters. If you reach a point where you're saying, eh, I can't see that happening. Then you've gone too far. But what this has proven is that that too far line is really far. It's going to take you a while to get there. And you can show off things in what would be a quote unquote more realistic manner where heroes do die, where heroes do kill as well, that we don't get that in the regular canon, not just because they have rules of what is acceptable for their characters, but also because of rules that they have in terms of how stories can be structured to maintain those characters and be able to use them again and again and again, as well as their heroes, not just their, or sorry, their villains, not just their heroes. There's a reason why Joker isn't killed because they, if they do, they bring him right back kind of thing, but they, he has to be there in their roster of characters. Well, 
we've had injustice for how many issues without a Joker. And it's proven that you can do it, but you need insanely good writing. And you really need to have someone who has a handle on the characters so that they never cross a line where you're going, eh, I don't buy that for that character. But man, if you can hang on to that and, and really play with the characters in a manner that is not allowed in regular canon, you can have so much fun and produce something that is a must read every week. Mm-hmm. Ed Brubaker writing, what if Captain America joined Hydra would be a very different comic from Nick Spencer's Steve Rogers, Captain America. I agree. I absolutely agree. And that's another thing too, that it was on my list, but I didn't bring it up because we did do a few what ifs, but mm-hmm. it, but very, very, very few. And I think that actually it would have been fun to do more of those. And it is something that I wish Marvel continued to do more of, not as a silly what if, but that idea of again of okay mm-hmm. well let's let's look at an alternate universe where maybe this happens and what's that going to mean for the the domino effect going forward of how it's going to impact everything else yeah their attempts at what ifs over the last few years have been very half-hearted it's disappointing yeah so anyway that's enough for us here this week and sometimes see what happens when we don't have structure yeah <laughs> i get a little gabby i'm sorry it's all right. You got to get it all out. Really? I don't get one more episode. <laughs> so you can find us, of course, at comicbookinformer.com. You can find us on Twitter at CB Informer. And at least for one more week, thanks for listening. Make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast.